Okay. All right, let me do a volume test real quick here. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, it is working just fine. I had a little error message on the mic, so just want to make sure I didn't do the whole stream without uh, a mic. So let's get started for the day. And so uh, we're going to be starting with a joke, a few jokes, just to wake everybody up, get everybody uh, focused. So uh, Jesus came to the world and he said, I am the way. And the people said, no way. And Jesus said, Yahweh. Uh, what do you call a Christian lending company? In Christ alone. Uh, now, a minister told his congregation that next week I plan to preach about the sin of lying. To help understand my sermon, I want you all to read Mark 17. The following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon, the minister asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many people read Mark 17, and several hands went up. And the minister smiled cleverly and said, well, there's only 16 chapters in Mark. <laughs> All right, now onto the sermon, right? And uh, so... The content contained within the Bible has the ability to elevate your life and lead you into a level of exaltation that is only possible by God's hand. Now repeat after me. God is with me. I've been chosen of God. All things have become possible for me. I will obey God and receive the miracles of God's blessing. Now, so the foundation of the Christian faith is <clears throat> and one of the key factors of building your life is love. You can't do it. You can't build a life that you love without love. And love is the foundation of the entire Christian faith. In order to build that life that I'm talking about, the life of silver linings, the life of exaltation, right? The life containing your dreams. You have to have love. You won't make it without love. <clears throat> and so this involves growing love within ourselves and making sure that we stay conscious about love in our life, all the days of our lives. It is the foundation, right? It is the first and second commandment. These are the principles that I'm talking about. And I would argue that in the first commandment, all other, all other pages of the Bible are contained within just the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so... <clears throat> Why? How is that possible? How could that be possible for the, for the entire Bible to be contained within just this phrase, just within the first commandment? Well, loving God, well, what is God in? God is in everything. He's in me, so I'm commanded to love myself. He's in the world, so I'm commanded not to be of the world, 
right? But to love what exists in the world. We're commanded to love all existence, right? This does not mean that Christians love evil, right? There are things that we do not love, but the general tempo of Christianity is love. Do I love my life? You should love your life. Do you look out in the world and look at it as some dismal, horrible place? No, that's not Christian, right? We're called to love what God created. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? And so within this commandment, you can keep going. And I'm not <clears throat> speaking exact theology, right? When I'm saying we love the world, right? Yes, the Bible says, but we're not to love the desires of the world. So there is indeed things that are sinful, that are corrupt, that Christians do, we don't really like, right? But it is few. The majority of things Christians love. So when you see people who are hateful, well, that's not really Christian. When you see uh, other religions battling against other religions, that's not really Christian. So understanding that this emphasis, this core love, this God core, right? God is a God of love. Therefore, we reach for a God core, loving core within ourselves, right? And so with all your soul, right? Well, that implies your 100%. implies everything that you are. You're to love with all your spirit, mind, body, actions, and words. You are commanded to love by God with all your spirit, mind, body, actions, and words. And your mind, right? Mind and strength. Mind, well, this involves keeping loving thoughts, right? We're not thinking about things that we hate or that are very negative in our lives at the moment, things like that. We're trying to stay positive. Love what your thoughts, love what you're thinking about. So think thoughts that you love. Think thoughts that God loves, that God would love, right? And First John does say that, right? When we've, when we've rooted out the negative thoughts in our own minds, then we truly have a commitment to God, then we truly love God. And so strength, right? All our strength, everything we got, right? And the second of these commandments, there's much, it is much like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. And so step one and two to becoming Christian, to reaching that life that you love is indeed love itself. And these are the commandments that God himself gave, right? Love. David says that God is a God of love, the God of love, God of love. And so how important do you think love is in our lives? How can we reach this loving life, this loving state of being that God asks us to find in our lives and live within it? Not just talk about it. We've got to find it. We've got to seek out the roads to it and then actually do them, live them. Living within a divine state of love, being filled with divine love. Now, perfection isn't what God ask, is asking for, right? God does not place the bar to heaven out of your own individual reach. God is there working with you out of love to lead you to that happy life, but you've got to follow. 
If God says, I want you to go left, I want you to go do this, and you say, no thanks, well, don't expect to receive the blessings that were along the road that God had planned for you because you're off on some scenic route and uh, not obeying, right? But it's not perfect, right? God knows what we are able to give and how much we are able to give. And right, God knows also the state of his flock. And so if you're suffering, God understands it. He's working with you out of love to get you back running full speed, to get you back going where God wants you to go, where you yourselves want to go, right? An interesting thing is if you could see, if mankind was able to see the point where God was leading them and what they would have at that point, the house, the kingdom, the life, whatever, that they would have at that point that God is leading them to, if they could see it today, there's not one person in all existence who wouldn't drop whatever they were doing and run to God. Guaranteed it. I guarantee you that. 100%. And so we Christians were reaching for, we're developing, we're working on, right? Producing a loving state, that state of love that is God, right? And so we... While it's not perfection, right, we do, we are trying to produce excellence. We have high standards, right, for God. We're not trying to do a lackluster job. We're not putting in our 50% effort. And so the importance of love itself is the core of all Christianity. It's the core of the Christian faith, no matter what anyone else tells you. That is the core. It is the first two commandments in the Bible. It is the single most important part of achieving a life that you love. And I tell you plainly that without love, you will never reach a life that you love. The core of the Christian faith is love, and you will never reach a life that you love without it. And so this makes love pretty important. It's the most important part of all life. And you can sort of uh, perceive this, understand this. When, when anyone wakes up in the morning, when anyone really does anything, why are they doing it? Why do we wake up in the morning? We rise out of love. We rise to go see something that we love, to experience or go work for something that we love, to go see someone we love. We rise out of love all the days of our lives. And so the foundation of the Christian faith is found in the first two commandments. We are to remain love-filled, filled with love in all aspects of our lives, making sure that we keep our spirits full of love, our minds focused on love, that we love ourselves, producing actions that God loves as well as that we love, actions that both God and ourselves love. And keeping our speech saturated in love. 
This is contained within uh, the book of Ephesians as well as the entire Bible. And we're going to be jumping around uh, Ephesians 4 here. I've sliced it and diced it up. And so uh, these are verses uh, contained within 17 through 32. And they, they, they portray a road that you can walk in your life. You apply these ways to your life and you are on the road. You will reach that loving state. And this will involve combining them with the first and second commandment. But here is Ephesians 4, right? This is what God is asking for Christians to embody. Ephesians 4, 17. So I tell you this and insist on it. In the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in their futility. In the futility of their thinking. The ignorance that is in them is due to a hardening of their hearts. That, however, is not the way of life you learn. You have learned. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made anew within the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in his true righteousness and holiness. And finally, it involves do not uh, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And we're going to go into those uh, now. But those are steps, right? And so the first step, as the Paul Apostle Paul suggests, is indeed the first step to being Christian. It is interchange, no longer living as other people do. Not looking for examples of other people, but looking for examples in God. How would God want me to do this? And so we must become mindful, right? We must reach that loving state of being and remain in it no matter what. Not letting other people shake you out of it. Not letting other people drag you down into the mud of sin. But remaining in that loving state that God is asking for no matter what you are christian right we are christian we do not follow people down into the mud we lead people out of the mud we lead people out of death and misery into life joy and life everlasting that is what it means to be christian and yes that is who you are he goes on to say do not harden your hearts because this will only make it harder. When you're hardening your heart, you're not listening to God. God is telling you to do something, and this is very common for mankind to do. We want to do things our ways, but if we would just surrender to the ways of God, we could reach that joyous point that so many are looking for and so few find, a life that we love. And so hardening our hearts can block many kinds of good things from entering your life, reaching that loving life. And, you know, for without love, there is nothing. There is no life without love, only death. And so <clears throat> this will require a point of interchange. It is required 
to reach that point of interchange, that you're not hardening your heart. You have to set down the old ways that you learned from societies that we're in, from the cultures that we're in, from people who wronged you or said this is the way when you know in your heart that there's something wrong with it, that it is not how God would want us to do it. You have to lay down those ways and start doing it God's holy way. The ways that produce the exaltation of the prophets, the ways that led Solomon to his wisdom and David to his kingdom. And be sure to understand that both of these kingdoms, right, both of these Christian rulerships were created out of God's love. They were governed from the love of God. God taught these men how to love, and they applied it to their lives and produced kingdoms by putting the ways of God into practice. They produced kingdoms for themselves. The loving ways of God. These were kingdoms of love. These kingdoms of God. They both established immortal kingdoms, both on earth and in heaven, by applying the ways of God to their life. I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. You shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. I shall establish your royal throne over Israel forever. This is what God is offering. It's not a small offer. It is an incredible offer. But this will involve putting off old self. You have to let your old ways die. You have to let the ways of mankind, the flawed, broken, and failing ways of mankind die. Putting off your old self. And this is part of interchange. And aids in defining exactly what interchange entails. It entails setting down your old life and replacing that life, your sinful desires with new righteous desires the ways of God and his kingdom, the ways that build immortal kingdoms on earth and in heaven. And these ways are contained within the pages of the Bible. They are hidden within the pages of the Bible. And all you have to do is seek and you will find them and they will be yours. An interchange will result in a new attitude towards life. No longer stuck in a rut of your old self. As you set out, as you walk down the road to exaltation, no longer stuck in your old ways, but instead putting on the new self. Created to be like God in truthfulness. Christians were not deceitful. We speak the truth. We speak in love. We speak from a mindful state of love. And truthfulness, this is part of character. In order to build a life that you love, you will have to possess a sincere amount of Christian character. And if you don't have or haven't had good examples of character in your life, 
and look at God himself in his true righteousness and holiness and use that as your mentor for character. And it is a good idea, right, for us as Christians to have mentors. And so if you don't have mentors, right, if you don't have goals in your life, the time to set them is now. Right now. Get a pen, get a paper, set some goals, find some mentors. People you aspire to be like. People who you say, wow, that person did it right. That person is really incredible. Elon Musk might be an example of a mentor for a great engineer. <clears throat> Sir John Templeton might be a great example of uh, a Christian, a Christian work ethic, etc., <clears throat> etc. Et but you must find mentors. Jesus Christ is a great example of a preacher, love, a healer, a missionary, right? And so if these are fields that you're looking to grow in, it is a good idea to observe the masters of the field and follow their ways, or at least learn from them, right? We learn from them, we follow the ways of God, right? But that doesn't mean there's not wisdom to be found in studying uh, success stories, etc. The next that Paul suggests is saturating our entire lives in love. And this must include your words, your speech, how you speak, your inner thoughts towards other people, making sure that within ourselves, within God's tabernacle, within God's dwelling places, there is indeed a sincere amount of love for other people without exception. And this can be difficult and it takes time Christianity is not an instantaneous decision. It is a state of being that wells up within you into eternal life. It takes time. We are practicing our Christianity. And so becoming loving is required. A constant state of mindfulness towards the divine realms of God's love. As God loves, as God displays his love, within the Bible. We are called as Christians to love. And so when we speak, we are mindful of love and what we say, what we think in confidence, right? In confidence, while we are examining how we speak, we speak in confidence, not in insecurity, but in love, knowing that God loves us as we love God. Do not, and this is back to Ephesians, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. None, no unwholesome talk, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God forgave you. And this points back to interchange. We must identify these negative emotions 
these negative states of mind, these negative attitudes that are holding us back from God's plan for our lives. And this will take a sincere amount of forgiveness. You see, in order to get bitterness out of our lives, you have to forgive whatever it is that is making you bitter. Now, it's not forgetting and just letting people continuously take advantage of us, but it is forgiveness. My parents, they weren't the greatest, so I forgive them. Something when I was young, someone damaged me, so I forgive them. You forgive them, Christians, we forgive them so that it flows out of ourselves, so that we don't carry around with us our entire lives, the wrongs of this world. It is forgiving and letting it go. This does not mean, right, you have to stay around or that you let people damage you over and over again, right? But it is a sincere amount of forgiveness for God and letting small things go. So place bitterness in the past for God and for your own benefit. This indeed will benefit our own lives. Christians were very compassionate people. You can see this in the Christian missionary programs where we are outreaching to people in need. These, this is part of the heart of the Father. It is the core nature, the love nature of the one true living God. We as Christians are willing to work an extra hour so that we can bless other people, lead, help other people, and have rich community together. And indeed, love is required to have any sort of community. And so when you combine all these, you will have that road to exaltation that I'm talking about. When you combine the ways of God with your life, you will begin walking down that road, that road to a life of silver linings, that road to a life filled with joy, that road to a life that you love. That is what God is offering. It is not a low life. It is exaltation. It is the life of your dreams. That is why he is called God. There is no greater offer than what God is offering you. And so apply the ways of God to your life and you will soar on the wings of eagles. You will walk and not faint. You will run and not grow weary. Your strength will be renewed by the power of God as with your mind. That is who God is. That is what God is offering. An immortal kingdom to those who would choose to lay down their own lives, take up their own crosses, and follow God. Hey, hallelujah, guys. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your evening.